few weeks ago, we hosted an amazing women's event called The Pursuit. Over 600 women gathered together to worship God, who relentlessly pursues us in the midst of unmet expectations, through the losses we experience, or basically life just not being what we thought it would be. We thought we would take a deeper dive into the lives of some of the stories that were shared. Welcome to The Pursuit, the story behind the story. I am super excited to be sitting here with my friend Raquel Bonilla, here with me to talk just a little bit more about her story of God's pursuit in her life. So Raquel, will you share some of the cliff notes of your story with us in case somebody listening did not attend the pursuit? Well, first of all, thank you, Amy, for having me and actually kind of pushing me to this to to do the pursuit. It was amazing um, to even think about how God pursues us, how he is the one that's after us and, and trying to get to know, for us to know him more and he pursues us through it. And yeah, um, well, during the pursuit, I shared a couple stories from my life, um, two of them which involved two miscarriages. Um, and then the other one was actually an unplanned pregnancy, which is kind of, um, it's ironic because in my stories, you know, I have these two miscarriage, these two miscarriages, and the first one, obviously, they're just spontaneous, um, and it's like, why, God, you know, why are you taking this child away from me? I was 12 weeks, um, well, I thought I was 12 weeks um, pregnant, <clears throat> and um, find out that I'm having a miscarriage. When it was a season of my life where I wasn't expecting to be pregnant, I, it was hard for me to actually take on the fact that I, w- I was pregnant. And finally, when I actually say, okay, wow, I'm pregnant, you know, let's just, let's move on from here. This is what God has for us. Bam, that's when I, I find out that I'm having a miscarriage. And it was devastating. And it's like, you know, um, God, why are you doing this to me? Why is this happening? And as Christians, and I shared that uh, that night, is that as Christians, a lot of times we're told not to ask God why. And But as a human being, we always have that why. Why, uh-huh. does it, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? And um, it took me a while. It took me a couple, maybe a couple of weeks. I mean, and... <laughs> It's really interesting how people from the church come up to you and try to comfort you as you have a miscarriage. And um, it's, I mean, I can laugh now, but someone came up to me and was like, well, at least you can, you know, you can get pregnant. Well, that's not nice. That's Ugh. really not what I want to hear when I'm going through a miscarriage. Or, you know what? You're still young. You can have more. I mean, there's still things, or God is in control. Yes, I know God is in control. I know that he has a plan for my life, but that's not something I wanted to hear in that moment. Right. You know, I mean, this was kind of, it's like if someone, something was ripped from me and I had to seek God for this because it was, I'm not a a negative person. When something happens, I'm like, you know what? God has a plan and, and I'm always looking on the brighter side. He's in control, but it really took me by surprise. My mom Mm. had seven kids and, and, um, all of them were, you know, they were, he, she didn't have any miscarriages. And here I am, I was what, 24, 25. And, um, I had one son already at home. I had a, a a pregnancy that went well, and now I'm having a miscarriage. So it's all this, you know, God, why? And I got to the point, and I remember I got to a point where I went to a service one Sunday and I said, like, I don't want to feel like this, God. 
I, I don't want, I'm tired of feeling like, you know, this burden is on me. It's not me. You know, this is, this is a dark area. I don't like to be in it. And I remember him telling me when I asked him, why does this have to happen to me? Mm. I rem- and it wasn't, it wasn't like I was expecting an answer. It was like a rhetorical question, but I needed to let him know. I need to know why. Right. Um, and, and I remember him telling me that he is sovereign. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I was, I felt it in my spirit that God was telling me, I am sovereign. And I was like, sovereign, what does that mean? And that means that, you know, and I took it as this, God does what he wants, when he wants, because he wants. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need our approval. And it might sound, and I said it that night as well, it might sound like um, it's arrogant, but I didn't take it as such. I took it as, wow, God, you are the creator. Mm. And you know best for me. If you feel that I have to go through this, then you know what? You are sovereign for whatever reason. Wow. I'm not question, questioning you anymore. I've always said from my from my youth, I said, if you can use anything, Lord, there's that song. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Use Touch my hands, Lord. Touch my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, and speak through me. And so this was a turning moment for me to know that if I really want God to use me or if I'm really going to allow God to use me, then I need to understand that he is sovereign. Mm. Whatever comes into my life, it's because he has preordained it for me. And so push forward a few years later, um, I have two more sons and we thought we were done, but then we tried again, of course. And then... um, and I'm, I'm pregnant again, and I remember it was a Wednesday. I go into one of these clinics to get a free ultrasound, and we hear the heartbeat, and the lady prays over us, and we're so excited. I go home and make an appointment with my OB, thinking that the appointment was going to be two weeks later, and here I am. They said, no, you, have it on, you can have it on Friday, and I was excited because we were going to go in to have an appointment, hear the heartbeat again, and they even told me that I was going to have an ultrasound, which was great. I was like, now we can take the kids with me off three boys can come mm. with us and they can see it and and everything went in and I went into that appointment with those expectations and when the doctor saw it he called the tech over and sure enough there was no flickering on the screen there was no heartbeat to hear mm. and I remember my husband Jaime looking at me he was like no Raquel this can't be and I kind of dearly looked at him and I said with tears in my eyes but I was with this peace and with this strength and I said no baby there's no there's no heartbeat you don't see the flickering on the screen. We can't hear it. There's nothing. It was devastating, but there was like a peace about it because I remembered God is sovereign. Yeah. And so that was a Friday, and I couldn't have my procedure, which was a DNC, till Monday. So I had to carry this with me all weekend. And mind you, Jaime and I were church planting at the time, our first church plant. My kids were all under the age of three. No, my youngest was three. My oldest was seven. Mm. and um and it was a church plant so I did worship my husband um preached and I also translated because we had a couple that didn't understand Spanish so I was translating side by side and my husband was contemplating whether or not to do the the service and of course he decided he would and he felt that God was leading him to talk about our experience that weekend so he comes to me he was like Raquel I would just want to know let you know that I feel that God is taking me towards this direction to speak about what we're going through. And I said, you know what, if God is taking you there, then that's what we need to, that's what we need to speak about. Mm. So in obedience, I'm here on Sunday morning 
talking about our experience and there was there were tears but there was a strength about it because our our reliance is on God Mm -hmm. we rely completely on God and that was portrayed and there was this one lady in the back who was crying the whole service and after service we spoke to her her name was Anna and I will never forget and she says I know that God is real and I was taken by surprise she was like and I was like what do you mean and she's like I came here because I needed hope I came here because I was hurting. You see, the thing is, is that I've been going through, this is my ninth miscarriage that I've gone through this this week. So to see you all actually um, up there with the strength that you have and speaking of God, God is real. For me, that was it. We mm. prayed with her. I don't think we, we, we might've seen her once or twice more. I can't remember. But I remember going to, to the shower that night at home and I remember praying and I said, God, you are a big God. I said, because even the things I go through that are horrible for me, they're a blessing to others. And you can use anything. You use me completely. Mm -hmm. Even this unborn, deceased baby that's within me, this whole thing is for your glory. And I know that it's because you ordained it that way. So I learned in that, that God uses me completely. So the first one was God is sovereign. The second one was God used me completely. So now we fast forward maybe eight years later. I had one daughter after that. And eight, year, eight, eight years later in 2018, um, I find out that I'm pregnant again. And I really this time did not want to have any more children. I really was already planning on having the next part of my life go through. And I was, you know, my kids are all going to be at school. My youngest say was, eight years old. Yeah. That's well, a big gap. Well, my, my, my four, well, the, the, the one that I had after the miss, the second miscarriage, she was already four. So she mm. was going into VPK. So oh, yeah. all my Free kids time. were out and I, yeah, I was ready to just kind of party at home without any kids. <laughs> um, and, um, and just move on with ministry with my husband. Um, and this, it was a curveball. And right. I will never say that it was an oops. I think that's the worst thing you could say. It's, you know, it was, it was a surprise to me. God in his sovereignty knew that my daughter was going to be born. He knew I was going to be pregnant. Right. So not I never, she is not an oops. She's my surprise. Mm-hmm. She is my surprise, but I was not having it. I, I had to say goodbye to that Ford F-150 Lariat that I wanted because seven people don't fit in it. Oof. I mean, I had to once again take hold of a stroller, a diaper bag, diapers again, and potty training and all that wonderful stuff that comes with it. And um, so I was not having it in the whole nine months. Forget about God's sovereignty. Forget about God uses all of me. It was all about <laughs> why and why now? I didn't want, this isn't fair. Right. You know? And, um, and I remember going through that whole pregnancy and it just took control of me. Like my whole demeanor was just depressing. And my sister called me one day and she was like, Raquel, you're just, is everything okay? And I said, and I told her straight up, I said, this sucks. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, being pregnant, it sucks. I've been pregnant for so many years. Right. I've been nursing for so many years. And she says, well, I'm going to keep praying for you because God has a plan. He has a purpose. You didn't know this was coming, but he did. Mm-hmm. And he wanted this child to be born to you. He chose you to be this child's mom. Yeah, and powerful. those are words that kept with me. And I even had to like write down things that people would tell me to encourage me so that I would remember them in the times where I was 
frustrated and upset. And I remember her telling me that there was women in her church. She lives in Orlando. I lived in St. Augustine. Women that I don't even know who were praying for me. That's amazing. Those are sisters that I don't know, but sisters in Christ who were interceding on my behalf because here I am having my, um, what is it, a pity party. Mm. You know, Uh, but it was amazing to me and it really stuck with me because I know it was those prayers from those women that were so faithful to hold me up in prayer that actually got me through. Do you know that I was so worried about postpartum depression that I told my doctor, I said, we need to do something now because I am not feeling it. I'm going to have postpartum depression and I I can't I can't have that. I have Mm. four, four more kids at home, a husband. We're in a ministry. I can't have postpartum depression. My doctor was looked at me and she says, yeah, I'm a, a little worried, too. <laughs> she said, I'm a little worried, too, at you, but we'll handle it when it comes, if it comes. And when I had that child, I held that child in all those feelings of guilt, of pain, of having pity, of not wanting a child. They all disappeared. Mm. Because I held that child. Her name is Stephanie. A lot of the women were still asking me, well, who? what happened? Because <laughs> I forgot to tell it in the, she's my fifth. She's Stephanie. She is beautiful. She is four years old, going on five this year. And it's just been a journey. It's just been a journey. But you know what? God knows where we are at. Right. And he will just pull through for us. Mm-hmm. He knows what we can handle. And we just need to trust in him. Oh, your story was so so powerful. I love so much of what you just shared, you know, really leaning on the character of God mm-hmm. and who he is yeah, and knowing that he can't be anything less than faithful. Yeah. And that he is someone that we can trust completely. Mm-hmm. And so even in the dark, the hard, the unexpected, the anger, yeah. all of those things, you know, to constantly be reminding ourselves, you know, kind of stopping those negative thoughts and being like, wait a minute, but yeah, in this, mm-hmm. God is sovereign. God knows my name. God sees what's yeah. going on and God has a plan and a purpose and he's going to carry me through this. Yes. And so every time we get kind of down in the dumps, you know, kind of refreshing and refocusing our mm-hmm. attention on him, I think is powerful. Yeah. You know, you spoke at the beginning about, you know, miscarriages. I, I'm thankful I've never experienced that, but I know so many women have, and that loss and grief is so raw, mm-hmm. and it is so mm-hmm. deep. Um, I did a little research. Okay. Statistics show that 10 to 20% of all known pregnancies end in miscarriage. Mm-hmm. That is a lot. That is it like is. one in four pregnancies yeah. are going to end in miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's 25% of all pregnancies. So there are so many women that are walking around us all day, people Mm -hmm. that we know that have experienced this tremendous sense of loss Mm -hmm. and grief. Um, And a lot of them don't even share it. They don't. And I was going to ask you, yeah, why, why do you, why do you think this is when you hear what the statistics are? Why is that? Honestly, I don't know why. I think I don't. If I think back to when I had my miscarriage, it was like you come out and you're in celebration for a child that you're expecting Mm. for then it to be all of a sudden out of the blue ripped away from you. So it's maybe it's because you don't want to actually have people say, oh, I'm so sorry for you Mm. or feel bad for you 
or maybe you just, you're embarrassed to tell them that this happened to me. It's like this odd feeling because like you said, the statistics are 25% of people of women have had or will have a miscarriage. And that's, that's like, it's mind blowing because we could be sitting, I think we were sitting in one of our meetings um, before the pursuit and a few of the ladies was like, oh yeah, that happened to me. Right. And it was what, seven of us? Yeah. I mean, that's huge, but you carry that. And I don't know what it is that you feel like you can't tell people. I know that I sought God's face for it and I asked him and he gave me an answer as right. to why this happens. He's sovereign and I just surrendered to his will. So it's, it's part of my testimony right. and I will be open and honest and I can go into raw detail if someone ever wants to ask me about how it was. But um, I don't know if it's because of that, that feeling of, or you just don't want people to know you're embarrassed right. about it. Right. So even though we don't exactly know like a definitive, this is why people don't share. How do you think that we as the church, as the global church, mm -hmm. can really be there for comfort, help equip? What can we do to minister to those who have experienced this kind of loss? I think the first thing that we need to actually take hold of is understanding that it is a loss. Mm -hmm. It's an absolute funeral. You're in mourning for My it. I think, I think we kind of brush over it like, oh, you know, it just happened. Or, oh, you know, you never saw the baby's face. Mm. Or the baby wasn't fully formed. You know, how could you be so attached? But being that your body is going through so many hormonal changes, your mindset is also preparing for the future. Oh, my gosh. You know, you're, you're dreaming for this already. Mm. And then for it to be ripped out from under you, I think that's the first thing that the church needs to understand. And women need to understand that it is a loss. a loss. So you're going through this mourning process. Maybe you don't have a funeral. Some people do have their still their, their stillborns that um that they've had to you know the babies have died in their their womb and they've had to actually birth them out. So those babies actually some of them do get funerals. But in the early stages, you get doctors that tell you, oh yeah, well um you're gonna have a miscarriage. So this and this is gonna happen. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks just to check up to make sure everything went well. Mm. And they just brush over it because they see it so constantly. But we as a church to comfort someone, it's knowing that it's a loss. Right. So what would you do in a, in, in, if, if they had lost a child that, that was in their arms? What would you do if they lost a loved one? Would you just be like, oh, God is in control. Oh, you're still young. Don't worry about it. It'll go into the back of your mind. No, you would comfort them. You would try to empathize with them. You would, you know, just be there for them. Sometimes your words, you don't have any words. And that's okay to not have words. Sometimes your presence is just enough. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that we should realize is that it is a loss. Mm. It is a mourning process. And then try to help them through that mourning process and understanding their feelings that it's okay to feel like that. Right. Because I think it's just like, you know, you got to keep going on because you don't see the effects of the, the miscarriage on the outside you know mm -hmm. you you see her one day she's pregnant and you don't even see that she has a belly and then the next day she comes and she says she's had a mis miscarriage so what you just have to up and go on with your life
you know, and we women, it's like the, the more we do, we just have to carry on. We just right. have to keep chugging along. So I think going through with, with women that have had the miscarriage, this mourning process, and then just bringing them back to Christ, mm. bringing them and right. centering them back in Christ. Not that they, yes, we go through this mourning process, but the Bible says that um, it lasts what is it? Sorrow lasts through the night, but joy comes in the morning. So it, we are going to get through it. We are going to see the light at the end of the tunnel mm. and we're going to get through this part. But just understanding that it is a morning, it is a loss and we need to be there to comfort them and to help them however we can. I think that's so wise because I know um, for many women, they feel like if they've heard that a friend is having a miscarriage because they don't know what to say, mm-hmm. they tend to back off. Yeah. yeah. But you're saying to acknowledge mm-hmm. that this is a loss and to yeah. be okay with sitting in some quiet mm-hmm. and just being there, maybe taking them a meal. Yes. Offering if they have other kids to just let them have a nap. Mm-hmm. But don't, like doctors sometimes do, sweep it under the rug like nothing happened. Yeah. It exactly. did happen. Yes. This was very real. And I think for women who, ha- like yourself, who have experienced this pain, but yet have seen the healing mm-hmm. of God, is being able to be vulnerable at moments to say, you know, I've struggled with this. Because I tell you, working in women's ministry, yeah, if I have a lady that I know that is really struggling, you'd mm-hmm. be somebody I'd want to connect her with. So I yeah. think that would be helpful too, is, is finding Definitely. women who... Who gone th- who's who've gone yes, through it. Right. Who know what it feels like. Yes. Besi- and, instead of that woman who says, Oh man, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. But that's all you get from them because they they right. can't really em- as much as their heart wants to, they can't really empathize mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely connect with someone who has right. who has been healed from that miscarriage. Right. And and again, to keep the these phrases that we tend to say. Oh, mm-hmm. it's okay. God had a plan. You know, it's just remember, it's not the time yeah. and place <laughs> to say that. Kind of keep that to yourself. One of the other things you shared when you were talking about, like, the first thing that you really realized was that God is sovereign. You know, mm-hmm. how you really felt like he spoke that straight to your heart. Yeah. And that he can do what he wants, when he wants it. He is in control and he's mm-hmm. wise enough to be in control mm-hmm. that we can trust that his plans yeah. for us are good. So how does this particular character trait of God encourage you today? Knowing that he was sovereign then, how, how does that play out in your life today when you hit bumps in the road still? This, I think, is the, the character trait that I most carry with me and hold deep. I am in mm. ministry. My husband is a pastor. We are revitalizing the, Hispa- the, the Spanish congregation here at Bell Shoals. This is our third time in another church. Um, and just knowing that God is in control and we are not is like it brings such peace and such tranquility to my heart mm-hmm. because I know that he is the one that's taking me step by step. That even if I just see the little picture where we're at, he already has this masterpiece that he's already placed together. Mm. And I don't see the puzzle pieces coming together. I just have to believe that he's the one taking us through. So knowing that God is sovereign, that he is in the past as is he is in the present and he is already, he's already yeah. seen the future and he's there too. That just brings such assurance to my life um, that, you know what, no matter what comes my way, 
He is going to bring me through and he has a plan and a purpose. Somebody needed to hear that. That's listening. (laughs) I'm telling you. The last thing or one of the last things I want to talk about is in your story, you also shared the importance of others praying for you during Mm -hmm. this really difficult season of um, an unexpected and maybe unplanned and kind of like I thought I was done having kids, that type of season in your life. How did the Lord reveal himself to you through the prayers of others? It was, it was mind boggling for me to actually, when my sister would call me and she would tell me, I am praying for you. But not only that, she had told me that one of her friends was awoken one of those mornings, specifically by the spirit to pray for me. That is just mind boggling for me because it's like, man, out of all the people in the world, God is still seeing me as his daughter, as his little girl. And he is still pursuing me through it all. You know, it was so great to know. And even now I look back and I'm like, God, wow. You know, I was having this pity party. It was all woe is me. You know, I can't move on with my life. I'm going to have a stroller and I'm going to have a diaper bag and and I'm not going to get that Ford F-150. But it was all about what I wanted, but God was still there saying, I am still taking care of you. Mm. I still love you through this. You are going to get through this. My peace is going to be upon you, and you are going to see where this takes us because I have a plan and a purpose for your life, but for the child that's inside of you and for your family's life. So just to know that there were people praying for me, and I didn't, I think I've never experienced that so much as I did during that pregnancy where there was people actually praying for me. I think, I, I don't know if it's because it was my whole demeanor, but I know people were telling me, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. <laughs> it was, wow. it was, it was, it was amazing, but it was also like, man, my face is like telling everything everything. I can't hide it. <laughs> but it was amazing to know that it was because of those prayers, because I couldn't on my own, Amy. Right. I was completely down and out by my strength. And I had to keep chugging along. I have five kids. We were on a church plant, my husband, and we lived 40, 40 minutes away from the church. I mean, I didn't have time to actually just come to God. Well, I thought I didn't because I was so busy in that wallowing state. Right. But to know that there were people that God particular place that I don't even know were praying for me. That's just amazing because out of all the people, like I said, he's still looking out for me. He's Mm -hmm. looking out for you wherever you're at, wherever, whatever situation you find yourself in, he is looking out for you. You just need to trust in him. I think that's so powerful for all of us to hear Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we will hear of the need, a prayer need from someone. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times um, we feel like, do my prayers really matter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm praying for someone, you know, someone's granddaughter who's like having some um, health issues in utero. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're like, Lord, does it really matter that I pray? It does. Yeah. Because those prayers for you or those prayers that we pray on behalf of other people, God is hearing. Yes, he is. God is is working on our behalf for Mm -hmm. our good, for his glory, through the power of prayers of another person. So we should never take for granted granted. praying for others because we have no idea Mm -hmm. how God's going to use that in Mm -hmm. their life, I think is, is huge. Yeah, definitely. 
So as we close, trusting who God is and his plan for us takes surrender on Mm. our part. (laughs) Right? So how did you and how do you choose to surrender to God's plan for your life day to day? God is sovereign. (laughs) No matter what comes my way, I know that he is the one that's in control. So instead of fighting it, which is just going to take me to a bad place, it really is. It's going to take me to just have these awful feelings and not want to do anything. And I think I was even sharing with you before this podcast, you know, I'm at the point where I'm like, God, you know what? I don't want to do it. But if that's where you have me, I'm not going to say no. Mm. I don't want to fight against God. Right. God knows best. I think I'm getting to the age where I'm like, you know what, God? You know best That's for me. That's a good word. So it's just, just surrender. You know, if we trust that he is God, that he is a good father, right? that he is in the future already, mm-hmm. that everything that we go through, anything that we, what happens, it'll all work out for our good, mm. then all we have to do is say, you know what, God? I surrender. Right. I surrender to whatever you want me to do. I don't want to fight anymore. If this is where you have me, this is where you have me. If I have to go through this, I am going to trust in you that you are good, Mm -hmm. that you are going to see me through, that no matter what, the blessing is going to come. That is so good. That is so good. Thank you guys for joining us to listen to this segment of The Pursuit, the story behind the story. Raquel, I love you, girl. Thank you so much. I love you too, Amy. Thank you for having me.